0: Hi Maddox. welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Today we have a special guest, Janine Bernstein. She's a writer, actor, radio host, and speaker who's really passionate about mental mental health and self-care. Her book, Get the Funk Out and bleep bleep happens. And she's also been working on this fantastic streaming series called Outside the Box. Let's welcome her to the show. Janine, welcome to the show today.
1: Thank you so much. And I'm a huge fan of your show. I guess we I would say I'm an addict already.
0: <laughs> That's great. And Janine, where are you recording live um, today from?
1: Yeah, I'm here in Orange County. And uh, I've lived here since 2000.
0: Oh, great, great. Um, because our listeners out there have some major snow going on. We're in We're in February, so we're wishing them well. And so you have done so many things from your screenplays. Birdie, Wild and Finding Miss Katie. So let's find out how it all started with one of your favorite films growing up as a kid. What was one of them?
1: Well, when I think back, and I hadn't told you this, but Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved how like imaginative and the characters and the acting and how it kind of unfolds and you never know. It's filled with surprises. Um, so I'd have to say that one growing up.
0: Oh, yeah, Willy Wonka. I loved all those characters, like from the little little girl who was spoiled to the yeah. underdog who got the ticket to his chocolate paradise. Exactly. Yeah. The girl that turns into a blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, And it made you want chocolate. Oh, my gosh, the best chocolate oh, ever. So, yeah, because we just um, finished Valentine's Day because we're shooting in um, Valentine's. So that's amazing. And you also have another um, film that you like. Can you tell us about um, Hidden Figures?
1: You know, I absolutely love this film. I've watched it so many times with Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, Janelle Monet. You know, I feel like it was just so powerful seeing the history of the team of female African-American mathematicians who played this really powerful role in NASA. And, you know, I didn't even know about these different characters.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean it's amazing that like a lot of people learn history by watching um, film. So, you know, it plays an educational role and um, that's like one of the things about films. You you can get your history lessons um, and I, I'm addicted to like all uh, world war um, history. And one of the- Oh, nice. Yeah, one of the people I work with is Colin Heaton and he has so many amazing books on war. So yeah, and it's just better cliff notes to watch the film or documentary, Definitely. right? Definitely.
1: <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. And so in um so you know, here and on our show, we love master filmmakers, especially those in the Criterion Collection. I just um wanted to ask you, do you have like one of your favorites that you want to share with us today?
1: You know, I was thinking back on this, and I I know I have great um memories of watching broadcast news, and I just feel like it really addresses like these complexities of relationships at work. And I loved how it shows like the flip side of the characters versus their personal life and their work life. And I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, that was, um, that was fantastic. Who was the actor in that? They, um, they were. William Hurt. Oh, okay. Holly yes. Hunter. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a good yeah. one. And then, um, so you also have um, a director who is a female. That's one of your favorites.
1: I do, Ava DuVernay, oh my gosh. You know, I can't even say like there's one film that stands out there are so many from A Wrinkle in Time to Selma. She's just such a huge talent that inspires so many people.
0: Yeah, so I want, uh, So uh, a lot of our um, guests on the show we always have always said male directors. So I'm so happy that we have Ava DuVernay and I love the way you pronounce it so beautifully. So yeah, she's a spectacular female director and an inspiration to to people like me and our listeners who want to be female directors. So I hope that we are, um, you know, bringing up new, um, it, you know, directors who have that passion, that talent, and that gift. It's so so rewarding to see see people make fantastic films. So also, um, you uh, have a favorite scene in the movie. Can you tell us about that?
1: Oh, Hidden Figures. Yes. So. I absolutely love the bathroom scene when Kevin Costner asks uh, Taraji, why are you taking so long in the bathroom every day? And it's, it's humiliating, you know, And she comes in and she's all wet because the weather is awful outside, but she has to go to the bathroom, which is so, so far away because she has to go to the one for colored people and she confronts him and she raises her voice because it's a room full of white men. And then, she tells him why she takes 40 minutes every day to, you know, go to the bathroom because he doesn't understand it. And the bottom line is he goes out with a metal pole and he starts banging the heck out of the colored bathroom sign. And he ends the scene with, you know what? There's one bathroom because we all pee the same color.
0: Nice. Brilliant. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. Well, there are, you know, uh (laughs) um, when you go to places, there's the VIP bathroom. So I guess there is two bathrooms still. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, so right. So, um, which is, you know, another thing in itself. But um, also, we really? had a movie that, um, you know, is one of my favorites too, because, uh, you know, one of my favorite directors as well. You know, can you tell us about the Black Panther scene?
1: You know, I, I really, really love this film. Uh, I hadn't seen very many films with Chadwick Boseman, but he was mesmerizing. There's a scene with T'Challa, his character, versus Killmonger, and it's this powerful, emotional fight scene, and it's so unexpected at the end, and, you know, I'm rooting for him, and I don't know what's going to happen, and the characters are just so powerful and breathtaking to watch.
0: Yeah, I I saw on YouTube he has um, where he literally, like... um plans out with little dolls and like like little action figures up where he has a whole scene storyboarded with like action figures and I'm like oh that's such yes. a great technique you know for anyone learning to direct is like you have like all your little you have your storyboard and then you actually move the people around and have those scene I was just like like kind of like architectural, architecture architecture would have a mini design of the building so they can see it so I learned yes. a lot from that too because it's just it's amazing how we can learn from each other and such a great movie. And um, I agree.
1: I agree. Let me just add one thing about that movie is I love the female characters in that movie. I just love the whole, the chemistry with the characters.
0: Yeah. And um, as an actor, what role would you have loved to have done?
1: There is a movie that inspired me so much in so many ways, even as a screenwriter, but it's Whip It. And I could totally see myself in that movie with Ellen Page. It was directed by Drew Barrymore, and it was so fantastic. Kristen Wiig was in it, and it was great.
0: Oh, yeah, the um, the roller derby tournament, tournament movie. That's amazing. And yes, I, yeah. yes. So you have, like, a, a favorite line from a movie. Can you share that with our audience today?
1: I do. I, you know, I always laugh when I watch um, anything by Robin Williams, but when he played Mrs. Doubtfire, and he says to Sally Field's love interest, in this, you know, old lady voice, Well, I hope you're up for a little competition. She's got a power tool in the bedroom, dear.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> what a what a brilliant talent. Like, oh my oh, god. The talent we're I talking love about him. today is just like so incredible and um such such sad. Um just you know, just amazing loss to Oh, I know. To, the, to the um art world so just you know happen to be talking about a lot of um people that are no longer with us but who are true standout talents and uh yes yeah so uh, my one my one friend is like you only have 10,000 days Marilyn you only have 10,000 days he's an investor and I'm like 10,000 days he goes yes to do whatever you want to so make sure you're making it a good one so I'm like you're stressing me out <laughs> 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 so um so, uh, and, and you have like a fun uh, character. What's your favorite character in a movie?
1: You know, uh, this, again, it goes back to Black Panther, hands down. I love T'Challa's smart, techie little sister, Shuri. Um, and she was just so, so brilliant. She, her real name is Letitia Wright. I, she's just had these fantastic lines. She's just really spunky and smart.
0: Yeah, and so um, I want to ask. So, everyone, you know, how did you start your career path?
1: Well, I got into acting kind of in a accidental way. I was working in corporate training, and I worked on a project at Hewlett Packard, and I designed this thing where we needed a narrator uh, on camera, and then some voiceover, and nobody wanted to do it. So I said, "Fine, I'll do it," because I had listened to a lot of voiceover demos and been on other projects. So long story short, I did it. And I went to a Syracuse University alumni luncheon uh, my dad convinced me to go to. And I met this actress, this older actress, who was very well known. And she said, what do you do? And I told her and she says, you don't seem like you really enjoy what you're doing. I said, I actually don't. And I said, I always wanted to go into voice acting. She looked at me and she says, sweetheart, you're too young to settle for something that doesn't really make you happy. I want you to call my teacher today and she was so adamant so i did and that's when i started st- studying voiceover and then i went to a casting company in boston studied on camera acting and i was completely hooked and from there i just kept going
0: yeah and you got signed with the i'm um, an agent and just things yes. just started clicking so and you and you were in boston at that time right that's where you were living in boston
1: Right. And I was just prepared that I would just go into voiceover when I got to California in 2000. But I met an agent, Marianne Burzon, and she was wonderful. And she said, sweetheart, you need to do a lot of different things. Don't just do voiceover. So I just said, OK, I you know figured she had some faith in me. And I just ended up working on all different projects and auditioning and just being open to the possibilities. It was great.
0: And can you tell us about your lifetime television commercial to share, like, what it's like on a set and the little sneaky surprises they pull on the actors? Oh, my gosh. To get authentic authentic reactions. I love this. I love this.
1: It was so funny. You know, I remember auditioning for this and the casting director kind of looking at me and giving me a smile. And I thought, oh, don't get your hopes up. But then they called me and they said I booked it. And um, they didn't really tell us much. They said it was going to be this commercial for Lifetime Television, and there'd be a um, family birthday scene, and I was a mom. And so we're outside, we're having a great time, and all of a sudden there's a cake that comes down and we're singing Happy Birthday. And this little, beautiful, adorable, blonde girl comes over. She's supposed to be my daughter. And she wails on the cake, like beats the heck out of this cake. And we're all like, what? <laughs> and we're laughing hysterically. And they wanted to not tell us to get that authenticity. And I thought it was great.
0: Oh my gosh. She's like, you're like, ah, oh, the the, the actor has gone. AWOL. <laughs> I know. No kid I think
1: we had cake all over us.
0: Oh my gosh. It sounds kind of fun too. But yeah. and, and then can you tell us some of your most difficult um, you know disappointments or challenging times beca- on your path to actor, writer, sure. author, producer? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. I I feel like for me, I've dabbled in many different things. And I I wrote my first script in 94. And it was a really lousy script. I was feeling some loss. I'd actually just lost my mom. And I wrote this script. And it was a mix of Fiction, non-fiction but it was crap. So I put it aside and when I moved to Boston, um, I again got the agent and I remember taking uh, workshops with casting directors and one in particular said something that really stayed with me. It was you need to have a full life. Don't just go into an audition and come across as desperate or I've got to get this because it shows. It definitely shows and it made such an impression on me I started doing other things, whether it was radio, on camera, voiceover, and just being open and not going in feeling like I've got to nail this, just doing the best and walking away.
0: But that's such great advice. I love that. So have a full life. And you do. Can you tell us about um, your books? Like, um, you know, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your books.
1: Sure. So I... I have to back up because the book came about because of the radio show, and the radio show called Get the Funk Out came about because I lost a friend of mine at the end of 2010. She was my best friend from childhood. It was crushing. So I took a year off from radio, and I ended up thinking, you know what? I don't want to do my music show anymore. I was hosting a three hour music show called Moms Rock the House. I would like to do a talk show. Came up with the idea of Get the Funk Out is my show, and I would kind of move through my grief, but I would have other people share their stories of things they had gone through and how they moved through their grief. So it was like me learning from them and giving them a platform. And then along the way, I thought, these stories are unbelievable. They are great lessons. Why don't I see if people want to be in a book? So I had met somebody that wrote for Forbes and now the New York Times and I talked to her because she's very successful, and she gave me the name of her editor, and one thing led to another, and my book came out in 2019.
0: Oh, amazing. So can you repeat that for our listeners so they can look at that book? Because it sounds like it's a really encouraging and um, you know, uh, lovely, like a, a companion to, to be there it for is. people that are going through a rough time. Okay,
1: yeah, I, I really believe it is. And that was the whole point of it that it could be my own stories, but 24 stories for my show guests and life lessons and some skill sets and for any age. It can be for teens, seniors, adults, whatever. So if you Google Get the Funk Out and you put my name, Janine Bernstein, you will find this book because it's everywhere. It's on Amazon, it's on Audible. I voiced the book. And it's really called Get the Funk Out bleep happens but I won't say it what to do next um but it's been it's been absolutely wonderful
0: yeah um that's what like on my podcast enchanting book readings is really helping families and kids that are having a hard time with depression and I had no idea that it'd be ranking number one almost every week since I started the podcast yeah yeah so I I felt that I had like a purpose you know I'm making this great kids content every week for these kids. And like when it when first the pandemic first started happening, uh, my first ranking was top eight in Italy. They had no idea that I was actually born in Italy and my mom's Italian. So oh. it really oh. stirred up my heart that these kids and families were relying on, you know, that entertainment for their kids stuck at home away from their friends and family to where now yes. I hit number three in Italy. So thank you. But um, like you, great. your book right now and also the other podcasts like, Filmatics um, is a way that we can connect with our filmmakers because people were um depressed and down and having a hard time and struggling. So yes. your book is just amazing out there. It's kind of like it sounds to me like a little chicken soup for the, the depressed soul. And it sounds exactly. wonderful. It sounds really wonderful. Yes. So I'm so well happy. and I I want to I want to interject
1: one thing. I love what you're doing because this show and all the other things you're doing bring a lot of positivity to people. And that's one of the reasons I love screenwriting is because I can be as, as imaginative as anything. I mean, I, I just look at life, even if I'm taking a walk and I can see characters or come up with stories. And I think now's the time to be creative and use this time to really explore your ideas.
0: Yeah, it, can you uh, can you tell us how you were inspired by your um your screenplay you wrote, Birdie, Wild, and Funny, Mrs. Katie? Um, can you yes. tell us a little bit about those um screenplays? Sure. Well,
1: the first one, Birdie, is a feature, and I worked on it for a very long time. And I actually started it at UC Irvine when I enrolled in the screenwriting program, and I took all of their classes, everything they offered. And by the end, I had a completed screenplay feature script and basically it's a dramedy it's a skateboarding dramedy and it's really funny um there's this teenager who doesn't have a lot of friends she actually is missing a leg she had a childhood accident and her arch rival is her cousin who convinces her to um join a skateboarding tournament which you look at her and go how are you going to skateboard you have one leg and she ends up having to do community service in a retirement home and she had run over this little old lady on her skateboard one day. So the woman befriends her. And it's all this relationship between a younger generation, older generation, and how they root for one another. And it's, it's a beautiful film. I got into a festival. I'm looking to do a rewrite uh, and market the script. It's a feel-good film. And then the other ones are shorts I wrote during the pandemic. Uh, Wiley is, really stands for when you least expect it. Uh, it's the story between uh, a teenage girl who's just broken up with her girlfriend and the relationship we had, she has with a grandmother. And the grandmother wants to escape her retirement home and go on a road trip unexpectedly, which is really cool.
0: I love that. Yeah. <laughs> a little Thelma and Louise action in there. Woohoo. Break, through, break out of that old folks' home. I love that. Oh, yes. my gosh. Exactly.
1: Kind of based on my own grandmother, who's like, <laughs> "Let's get out of here." I'm like, "Where do you want to go? Anywhere, just out of here."
0: Oh my gosh, that <laughs> sounds fantastic! A little Miss Sunshine road trip with Grandma. I love it. Got it. Yeah. So during COVID, you know, um COVID um has affected so many people, but during lockdown, you actually were writing, so it actually uh, encouraged you to to write. What other? You were also doing public speaking as well, right?
1: I am. What happened was when I, the book came out, I was asked to do public speaking about the themes of the book, so taking care of your mental, physical, and emotional health. And I led a big event uh, here in, at UC Irvine um, at the Bren Center uh, about the science of happiness. And it was fantastic. I had a panel of other people in the field of positive psychology. And then once we hit the pandemic in March and then April, I was asked to do these remote talks, which led me talking to students of all ages from middle school, high school, college, and now adults about how do we really take care of ourselves and stay resilient right now.
0: That's incredible. That's really incredible. And so did you, um, some of your hobbies, can you tell people one of the hobbies that you learned to do during COVID?
1: (laughs) Okay. So years ago when I was younger, I really wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle and I hopped on this really small bike. I didn't understand the clutch and I kind of fell off the back of it. That was the end of that. But in the in the pandemic, I started thinking like, what, what's your bucket list, Janine? What do you want to do? And I had seen this three-wheel motorcycle, the Can-Am Riker, and I found out that there's a college nearby that, that hosts these safety classes. And so I immediately signed up. I went and rode this 1200cc powerhouse of a bike. It was crazy. I loved every minute of it. And I thought, okay, what's next? Well, I signed up for the motorcycle class, it was a two-day intensive, and it was really an amazing thing to do during COVID.
0: I, I love that. Your next one's going to be um, moms riding motorcycles. I love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are just such amazing uh, actor talent, voiceover talent, public speaker, book author, um, screenplay writer, and I love your subject matter, which is um, so many people will love that. And also, can you tell us about your new project that's coming up for you, the streaming um, show, Outside of the Box, right?
1: Yes, Outside the Box. So last year, I started this series called Outside the Box, and I wanted to address the needs of, here we have over 40 million people out of work, And what kind of content could I provide them? And I started interviewing industry experts who would offer advice and insight into how do you find a job remotely, or maybe you need to pivot. So I interviewed people and then it occurred to me, you know what, why aren't you helping this younger generation? The students in middle school, high school, college, who lost their internships, lost their job opportunities. Maybe they wanted to work in film and TV. What are they gonna do? Who are they gonna turn to? So I, shifted and i created the blueprint for this mentoring series on outside the box and i'm lining up a whole bunch of people industry experts filmmakers whoever who want to help and so we're going to have these online panel discussions with students
0: oh that's fantastic you know that's beautiful if you need me let me know Um, because that's just incredible to help um you know being a mentor and sometimes it's really hard because like that's the one thing like on a Film and Girls Guide to Investing, most of the guests have said that they were able to find a mentor that helped them and encouraged them and, and exactly. gave them that little notch up the ladder. And I think it's important that we really encourage mentors for females or people that just don't have that person in their life or that connection. So that's really empowering. Congratulations. That's beautiful.
1: Thank so, you. Thank yeah.
0: you. Yeah. And so- yeah. So where can our listeners keep up with you and, and find out what you're doing and support your films and um go check out what you're working on next?
1: Sure. Well, if they go to my website and I'll spell it, it's J a n e a n e b e r n s t e i n dot ncom Everything is there about me.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, I'm just so happy that you had the time to come on our show today. It's just been fantastic having you, Janine. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And thank you, um, Philmatics, for listening. Until next week, stay healthy and cheers.